Are you ready to head down the path to an abundant retirement? We're tackling the topics of the mind of the modern retiree. Here on Navigating an Abundant Retirement Radio. And now your host, Carol Dewey. Welcome back to Navigating an Abundant Retirement Radio. I am your host, Carol Dewey, and this week we are going to continue our discussion on personal finances. We are on part three of this series, and today I'm going to cover the seven core principles that guide those practicing prosperity economics. And then in the next couple of episodes, we'll talk about what it looks like when you use them. We use the seven principles of prosperity, along with a lot of testing on calculators and real-world case studies to guide our financial decisions. Practicing prosperity economics means acting in accordance with these seven principles. The first principle of prosperity is to think from a prosperous mindset. If we wish to create wealth, we must first examine our thoughts and beliefs. We do this because our consciousness guides our behavior and our results. Are we thinking abundantly or living our lives from the assumptions of scarcity? For instance, if we believe there is never enough, we could find ourselves compulsively spending every penny we make and then some. Our thoughts will literally become our reality. And if we believe there is more than enough, we'll find ways to save, to give, and to invest in ourselves. Conversely, scarcity thinking may cause people to hoard money but not to use it, fearing there may not be more where that came from after all. Some people have been so convinced that there is never enough that they hid many thousands of dollars of cash around their house or even uncashed checks, which were only found later by surprised heirs who believed their dearly departed aunt was poor. Here are a few brief comparisons of a prosperous mindset versus scarcity thinking. Prosperity is characterized by gratitude instead of complaining or blaming. Prosperity is based in trust and action rather than the fear and paralysis of scarcity thinking. Prosperous people save what they can rather than spend all they can. Prosperous people put their money to use instead of hoarding it. A prosperity mindset focuses on giving first rather than getting. Prosperous thinking keeps us moving towards goals instead of settling for less than we desire. Prosperous thinking is contribution-based rather than greed-based. Prosperity thrives on collaboration rather than competition. Prosperous thinking recognizes the contributions of all, while scarcity thinking forces people into retirement based on zero-sum assumptions. A prosperous mindset recognizes our limitless value, while scarcity thinking equates security only with paychecks, retirement accounts, or homes. If you are a business owner, a prosperous mindset is a must. I have been blessed to find two important mentors in my life who have helped expand my own prosperity mindset and capacity for success. Dan Sullivan of Strategic Coach and Peter Diamandis, co-founder of the XPRIZE Foundation and many other enterprises. For an in-depth look at how a prosperity mindset operates in the world, I recommend reading Abundance, The Future is Better Than You Think by Peter Diamandis. If we only focus on whatever is going wrong in the world, we miss out on the astounding opportunities that exist all around us. The second principle of prosperity teaches us to see the big picture of our finances. Typical financial advice tells us to focus on the rate of return or the interest rate of our mortgage. It focuses on a few trees, but not the whole forest. Prosperity economics asks us to look at our whole personal economy and ask how can we get more dollars growing and how to do that sustainably and reliably. 
Prosperity Economics sees how our mortgage, our insurance, our savings, our investments, our decisions about how we purchase a car or send our child to college all work together. Since all of our expenses come from the same wallet, we want to take a macroeconomic view. When we're focused on the trees and not looking at the big picture, common mistakes include not having adequate liquid savings, keeping our insurance deductibles too low and our premiums too high, compromising our liquidity or our cash flow trying to pay down mortgage balances faster, not using our dollars to build more assets, utilizing only term insurance. Prosperity principle number three is to measure opportunity costs. Instead of telling us to buy everything with cash and prepay your mortgage, This principle teaches us that our own cash has a cost and to recognize and consider the cost of paying with cash. Opportunity costs are commonly looked at in the business and investment world, but not as often considered in our personal finances. The reality is that we will either pay interest or pass up interest. And there are many situations where we can build wealth faster through strategic borrowing and leveraging. Infinite banking, income for life, bank on yourself, family banking, and private reserve strategies have increased people's awareness about opportunity costs. However, it is not accurate to assume that the product most often used by such strategies, high cash value whole life insurance, is the only way to offset opportunity costs, although it can be an excellent way. It's also not accurate to equate prosperity economics with those systems. Prosperity economics can include those methods, but it's more comprehensive. The principle is to measure the cost of paying with cash or the cost of using one strategy versus another. What could those dollars earn if you kept them in your personal economy? What if you could recapture the dollars you spent on term insurance by using permanent insurance? What if instead of paying for vacations outright, you invested in a business or lent money privately that funded your travel? When people measure opportunity costs, they tend to increase their assets and cash flow. When people fail to measure opportunity costs, they tend to pay cash for everything or keep cash sitting in a bank account earning virtually nothing. They don't keep their money growing and they end up with less money as a result. The fourth principle of prosperity is to create cash flow with our dollars rather than focus on accumulation. This means cash flow out first, like savings as a verb, and then cash flow in. Net worth does not pay our bills or take us on vacation. Cash flow does. And yet typical financial advice tends to focus on building a bigger pile of money. Oftentimes in places it can't be accessed, rather than creating a usable stream of income. This principle illustrates why the accumulate all you can now worry about cash flow later model doesn't serve investors' best interests. If you have a million dollars in savings accounts or CDs paying only 1% interest, you'll only be able to use $10,000 a year sustainably. We want our clients to focus on creating cash flow that will eventually fund their financial freedom. There are many ways to do this, such as rental properties, traditional or online businesses, intellectual property publishing, licensing, and royalties, network marketing or referral marketing, providing finances for others through peer-to-peer loans. Too often we forget that successful wealth building is not about amassing the biggest pile of money we can, 
but it's about using our wealth, dollars, skills, knowledge, etc., to create a sustainable life that inspires us, empowers us, and enables us to offer our deepest gifts. The fifth prosperity principle is to control your dollars. Many typical strategies ask you to turn your money over to big financial companies who use your dollars to make them more dollars with no guarantees for you. What's wrong with this picture? Then there are the rules, especially in qualified plans, that cause us to lose control. We think it is frankly insane to put your money where you are told what you can and can't do with it. We don't believe that the government, the Department of Labor, or an employer should dictate your investment decisions. The whims of the stock market are also impossible to control, and we do not recommend putting your money in unsecured speculative investments. While understanding that different investment vehicles do have rules that must be followed, we teach our clients to keep their dollars under their control so that they can make choices about their money instead of having someone else or an unpredictable market make choices for them. Ways to control your wealth include avoiding speculation and trying to time the markets, being an active investor who understands what you're investing in and does not delegate your money and decisions to others, limiting 401k or other qualified plan contributions to amount required for the employer match, and then investing additionally outside of qualified plans, using Roth rather than traditional IRAs and 401ks, not reinvesting dividends in taxable investment accounts where dividends earned become subject to further fees and taxes, but instead invest the dividends elsewhere, utilizing high cash value whole life insurance when appropriate to build liquidity, growth, and protection of long-term savings, investing in assets with predictable, even guaranteed returns, using single premium immediate annuities, otherwise referred to as SPIAs, to create guaranteed income for life. Prosperity principle number six is to move our dollars. Just like water gains power from movement as opposed to remaining stagnant, so our money gains power and momentum through movement or velocity. Movement is what creates cash flow in our businesses, our national economies, and our personal economies. We see our economy strengthen when money moves, when people feel confident to spend as well as earn. When money accumulates in one place, such as a retirement account or a savings account, it becomes stagnant. If money is accumulated but never moved or put to use, it is not being used efficiently or effectively. Think of having money move through your assets, not to your assets. We teach our clients about the velocity of money because wealth is not created when money sits stagnant and still under lock and key, but when it moves to us, through us, through our investments, through our communities, back to us, and so on. Some examples of moving money through an asset rather than to an asset include instead of buying a boat with cash, an investor could use their cash to invest in rental property generating cash flow. Money moves through the investment and generates monthly cash flow that can be used to finance a boat. Eventually, the investor will own a boat plus their original investment, and they will still have cash flow they can move elsewhere. Rather than saving for future expenses in bank accounts, like a new car, major vacations, home improvements, or down payments, use cash value accounts in participating mutual insurance company policies to store cash that will later be used or borrowed against. Money moves through the insurance policy, does other jobs, and then is returned to the policy. 
Walt Disney, J.C. Penney, Ray Kroc, and many other notable entrepreneurs have used this strategy, moving money through their life insurance policies to their businesses when needed, then back again from their businesses to their policies. You can do the same with your business or real estate. Instead of using cash to purchase a sports car, one businessman used the cash to purchase a cash-flowing website, then bought the car on payments generated by the online business. Money moved through his business and was used to purchase the car. However, to accelerate results, you want to move money through cash-generating investments to other assets or investments that produce additional cash flow or growth. The best way to move your money is to move cash flow from your savings and investments to other savings and investments. Money can move through an investment, generating steady payments that can be used to purchase additional whole life insurance. Cash value growth or dividends from the insurance policy can then be used to help fund another investment. Keep your money moving to increase the velocity of money and your returns. The seventh prosperity principle is to multiply your money by multiplying the ways in which you use each dollar. Just like your smartphone does more than one job, replacing an iPod, a GPS system, a pocket camera, a calculator, a pager, remember those? So your dollars can do multiple jobs. When you put your dollars to work doing more than one job, they become more efficient. When you multiply the jobs your dollars do, it creates tremendous freedom and flexibility. It's difficult to save for your next car, a college education, an emergency fund, a retirement fund, your next vacation, and insurance protections of all kinds. What if you could do all of this at once using a multi-purpose life insurance policy as needed? Many people are saving too much in all the wrong places, with dollars doing just one or two jobs. One dollar educates a child, another dollar accumulates for retirement. You want your dollars doing as many jobs as possible, and you want to put your dollars into savings and investment vehicles that allow them to do multiple jobs. Life insurance, real estate, and traditional businesses lend themselves well to prosperity economics because those products and businesses put dollars to work doing more than one job. Here are the multiple jobs your dollars can do in a whole life insurance policy can pay for premiums, guarantee a death benefit, build cash value, get a waiver of premium rider which continues the benefits of the policy in case of disability, be used for collateral, borrowing against cash value through the insurance company or even a bank, produce dividends, increase the death benefit over time, and purchase paid up addition which increases cash value and death benefit. Now let's look at how money does multiple jobs in investment real estate. When you purchase rental property, you can immediately have your dollars doing up to seven jobs, purchasing and improving the property itself, mortgage payments, appreciation, depreciation, a tax advantage, which offsets cash flow, leverage, the ability to multiply dollars by borrowing against the property or using it as collateral, disposition, the ability to sell or give property away in a tax-favored way, and cash flow. Multiply the jobs your dollars do, and you'll multiply your prosperity. These seven principles of prosperity are the organizing principles of prosperity economics that guide our products, strategies, and decisions. They can also act as an opportunity filter to help us find new ways of thinking in greater money mastery. Next week, I'll discuss further what it looks like when you apply these principles and how to use them. That's all I've got planned for you this week. Until next time, remember that navigating your abundant retirement starts today. 
I'd like to encourage you to continue our journey of enlightenment and education by subscribing to our podcast and downloading the show. See you next week. You should consult a financial advisor familiar with the specific circumstances of your unique financial situation before making any financial decisions. Nothing in this broadcast constitutes as a solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities. Any mentioned rates of returns are historical or hypothetical in nature and are not a guarantee of future returns. Carol Dewey is an investment advisor representative of Perpetual Wealth Financial, a Florida-registered investment advisor firm.